Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. So, Bo and I spent the majority and all of yesterday's podcast talking about Patrick Peterson getting popped for six games suspension for performance-enhancing drug uh, usage and the covering up of. It was supposed to be eight games. He dropped his appeal, got dropped to six. We gave our takes about that yesterday. We won't bore you with the regurgitation of what we talked about yesterday. Just pretty much an oversight is, I didn't see this coming. Bo didn't see this coming. This dude is an upstanding citizen. He's philanthropic. He's great with charities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Of all the guys in the league, I feel like he'd be on a short list of guys where you'd say, no way. There's no way that he's ever going to do anything. He's been in the league forever. He's been a pro bowler without it, so why would he do it now? It came out that, you know, with his type 2 diabetes we knew about, wanted a little boost, didn't know there was something on the banned substance list, tried to cover it up, and here we are. Um, That's fair to say for you, too, as well, right, Bo Brock? Yeah, I think that's uh, just summing up perfectly. I mean, Patrick Peterson, uh, he spoke before his charity golf tournament last night and said he's definitely, definitely sorry. I don't know if he's rain man, but he... He doubled down on definitely, and he, you know, but he, he's very good at saying what people want to hear. Don't you get, I mean, he, he's very good at playing that part of the game in the media, and I'm not saying that in like, a, I don't mean that in any ill way. I just think Patrick Peterson, you're never going to get the true, genuine apology. I think it's really going to be buttoned up. But regardless, you got it. We move forward. Patrick Peterson now, as I had mentioned yesterday, I think he just needs to refocus himself. He needs to stop worrying about it. I mean, the the idea that he was upset with the Cardinals organization that they wouldn't renegotiate with him to make back the over three million dollars that he stands to lose with the suspension, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with that move. I think it's you, you just kind of take your medicine now and move forward. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> I think any rational person would think that. It's it's interesting. And he said later on, after our podcast went out, you know, that he scrapped all the Arizona Cardinals stuff because he wanted to set himself up for when he retires regarding being more mature with everything. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. It's, mm-hmm. it, everything, it's just weird. I mean, it seems like a 12-year-old going to his parents saying, hey, um, I'm going to fail this test if you don't give me the answers. And they were like, no, what the hell are you talking about? We're not going to do that for you. But I thought you loved me. What? We're still not going to do that for you. What the hell is wrong with you? And then he throws a temper tantrum. So we don't know why the Instagram stuff was scrapped. I mean, it really, it, it, it doesn't matter. At this point, he cheated. He's getting suspended. And as Bo said, I mean, it's, he came out and said he's very, very sorry. Um, he's going to work on you know, being better, and he'll be ready for week seven, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was, at least it wasn't scripted behind a podium at a press conference, though, right? I mean, he didn't have to speak to anybody, which I think is what people are kind of gearing more towards the weight of this situation, where, you know what, didn't have to say anything, he didn't do any one-on-one interviews, but he spoke to the media as a whole, and a lot of players wouldn't do that. So you, you do have to give him credit for that, though, right? A little positive spin here. As far as Peterson's concerned? Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to do it. Right. No, he, he didn't. Well, I mean, this day and age, especially you're not going to go and stand in front of the media for a charity event that you're 
that you're promoting and then not talk about the big pink elephant in the room. Uh, as far as Patrick Peterson's concerned, here, here's where things are going to get muddled up in some of the things that we've been talking about recently. Uh, you have to kind of say Steve Kime made the right move here when Peterson approached him about restructuring his contract to get more cash available immediately. And Kime making the rash business decision and saying, no, and I can appreciate the team really uh, hoisting up their players and rewarding them for solid play and being solid on and off the field. But when you mess up, there should, you know, I like Steve Kime saying, yeah, we're not going to do this despite there being, you know, the ability for that player to point and say, well, Hey, what about what happened to you? And then Steve Kime also did have a big chunk of money come out of his bank account when he screwed up almost a calendar year ago with his DUI. So, this organization continues, players, big-time fixtures in this organization continue to make mistakes, but at the same time, they're, they're not mistakes that you can't come back from, but we would like to see this organization uh, maybe take care of itself. The players, the, the people that are at the forefront of this, be, I don't know, be more professional than they've been. And I think at this point, and I'm, and I'm going to call for it again, is Patrick Peterson really needs to refocus himself and focus on being the player that he's been each and every season of his Cardinals career. And uh, I, I just think he's getting away from what works for him. And you mentioned it. I mean, like, it's it's seriously like a, a, a child going to a parent and not understanding what has truly happened here, what, that they need to be held more responsible and accountable for their action. Yeah, I mean. And so I, get to move past this. Yeah. With, with Steve Kime, I'll back up Steve Kime here. There's two things that are different. One Steve Kime is a boss. He's not the lowest right. level employee, I guess you could say, you know, aside from, you know, other people in the organization. But the, and the focal point of the organization, the players are technically the lowest level of employee. I guess you have, you know, your special teams coaches and whatnot, but they still have power over the players to a certain degree. That's number one. Number two, what Steve Kime did didn't affect the game of football. He didn't cheat the game of football. So both of those things are very different from what Patrick Peterson's situation is. Now, another positive spin because. I've been told countless times that I'm the negative Nancy on the show, and Bo is the golden child, so I'll be positive again for something else. This is the best time that this could have happened. Because if it were to happen a week before the season, it would kind of just muddy all of the excitement of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. It would put this just cloudy situation over something that could be very bright for the Cardinals in the future. At least at this point, when we don't know what's going to happen, the excitement of the unknown has never been higher for the Cardinals. And then on top of that, with Patrick Peterson being Patrick Peterson, at least he can rest on his laurel saying, you know what, at least I'm not going to lose my job. At least this isn't a, a you know a Drew Bledsoe injury situation where next man up and I'm not going to play, I'll be the starting number one corner when I come back week seven. So this isn't as big of a deal as, you know... A, Put it this way, on PTI I, yesterday, it was in the big finish. It wasn't one of the top stories. That's what people think right. about the I, Cardinals. I, I disagree. I mean, this is, to me, this is an issue with Patrick Peterson, and he tried to kind of make the Cardinals look at fault during this entire process. Here's Patrick Peterson. He, he's known about this potential suspension for weeks, months, potentially. And then he is out there the week of the draft where the Cardinals hold the number one pick. They're in all the headlines, and he's playing this game of cryptic messages on social media 
and he's drumming up more drama that is unnecessary because of something that he did that was wrong. This was not on the Cardinals organization. This was on Patrick Peterson, and I just didn't like – I don't like how he's tried to kind of dress it up as part of the overall dysfunction of this organization. There's a lot of – there's countless things that we can list off about the Cardinals and the missteps that they've taken, especially recently. I mean, uh, we look at the 2018 season, it was a disaster. But this is one thing where we can't – we can look at the Cardinals and say, well, it's not their fault. That's Peterson. That's on Peterson. It's true, and maybe, Bo, you know what? You know what? We'll talk about this on the other side. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. We're going to continue this conversation about Patrick Peterson, but a little more in-depth into the Arizona Cardinals organization as a whole and the dysfunction that Bo mentioned. And maybe this actually makes the Cardinals look better. And I'll tell you why. Next, Locked on Cardinals. Welcome back, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Listen to me on the Freaks, one to four, Monday through Friday on Fox Sports nine ten Phoenix. You can download the iHeartRadio app. Listen that way. Check out Bo at Bob Brack. You'll see him cutting trees down up in Spokane, Washington, on his uh, free time. He's gonna have the guns of Johnny Appleseed when he comes back here in a couple years. You can listen. I'm not to- a lumberjack I'm yet. Yet, Bo. Yet. Okay, you've only been up there a couple weeks. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Himalayan Salt, Stitcher. What else, Bo? What, you, Spotify. You, oh, Spotify. Damn it. That's the one that I always forget. Spotify. Thank you, Spotify, for carrying our podcast. Uh, so Bo brought up before that, you know, it, it makes the Cardinals this make the, the this makes the Cardinals just look more dysfunctional. And when I said teasing going into break that it actually makes the Cardinals look a little better. What I mean is that it shows that Steve Kime has a backbone. It shows that Mike Michael Bidwell have a backbone. And this isn't tied to the uh, mistreatment of players, which is something that's permeated this organization for decades, that players don't want to play here. This is reprimanding a player by not doing anything to help him in order to have some stability in the organization. Do you understand what I'm saying? That if Steve Kime would have rolled over and said, you know what, here, buddy, we'll restructure, no problem, we love you, you're all pro, you're pro bowl, no problem. What kind of precedent does that set? What kind of precedence does that set? This is, you know what, you screw up, you pay for your your mistakes. Right, and that's been a consistent message throughout the organization. I mean, unfortunately, the mistakes have continued to be made. I mean, we talked about Steve Kime. We talk about uh, Patrick Peterson most recently. I mean, we've seen it even with guys uh, who was the running back so many years ago that uh, was arrested for domestic violence, and the team took a hard stance on that, and they didn't they didn't allow him to play, and they ended up uh, moving on from him. I'm trying to remember. Richard Mendenhall. Uh, no, it was not Mendenhall. Not at all. It was it was post Mendenhall's career with the organization. He was a guy who played for the Steelers for a couple of years. His name will come to me uh, shortly, but he was he was uh, he was a guy that was going to get some carries for this organization, and he, he gets popped for DB, and the team ended up moving forward from him. This was you know right after the Ray Rice situation, but this is an organization that has Jonathan a long Dwyer history. What's that? Jonathan yes. Dwyer. Yes. Yeah. Right. You nailed it. That's who it was. Um, and this organization is it's it set that precedent a, a while ago. And it's continued to be consistent with that. And you can appreciate that if you're a Cardinals fan. I mean, 
you can say what you want about them taking on a guy like Adrian Peterson, but he was pretty far removed from the horrible mistake that he made with his, his own child while he was a member of the Vikings. I mean, he went to the Saints for a short tenure there, and then they gave up on him, and the Cardinals took him took over his contract for, what, six months? And he, you know, had a couple flashes, and then he was done. It wasn't something like they were investing their entire, um, you know, running back position in a guy like AP. So I, I like the consistency as far as the organization is concerned. I think it's been there. Is it overshadowed at times by some of the mistakes that they make as far as uh, signing players and letting players walk? Sure. Uh, but as far as Patrick Peterson kind of shining up this turd to make the Cardinals organization look bad for letting his friends walk, and you look at like Tony Jefferson, you look at Rashad Johnson, look at Tyron Matthew, you look at uh, Justin Bethel. I think that each and every single one of those situations uh, was handled separately, and those guys had their there was reasons for the organization parting ways with those guys, right? I mean, wasn't was there much wiggle room for the team to keep Tyron Matthew? I mean, he played all 16 games after an ACL tear, but how how much impact did he have on the game? Could they afford to keep him? At the price that they that they had him, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they could have. Yeah, and both. Well, that part that kind of pivots back to Steve Kime overpaying players that he draft. You've said this forever that once pa- Steve Kime's like, "Ooh, that's my guy." I drafted him. Right. We took a chance on him because he smoked weed. He was going to be a first rounder, right. but we're the geniuses that took him a couple rounds later because he dropped because of all the weed stuff in college, and then you overpay him because he wants to look like the genius, and then you're like, "Oh man." We paid him too much money. This isn't going to work with the cap. Hey, uh, Mr. Matthew, uh, can you come into my office? Do you mind taking less money because we paid you too much to begin with? That's not how it works. So that's more right. – I agree with you with that. Um, but Patrick Peterson, overall, don't lose focus here, everybody. He messed up. He tried to get it covered yeah. up again, trying to save himself some cake, and this yeah. is why we're here. Not not just covered up, but upset when they basically, as you, the the analogy you're using, as the parents basically said, no, we're not going to do it. it. It doesn't make sense for us, and it would be probably perceived around the league as rewarding for the rewarding a guy for screwing up. And you know, as, as much as he endured through the 2018 season with losing, there were 50 52 other guys. There was a whole coaching staff. There was Steve Wilkes who lost his job. There were, there were casualties of the 2018 season that were far worse beyond Patrick Peterson having to endure 13 losses last year. So, I mean, and in, you know, by far the worst season that he had to endure as an Arizona Cardinal. Um, and, and there's been change, uh, tons of turnover this offseason, regardless if you agree with it or not, but this team should be a better product in 2019. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, it's what we do here. We'll tell you the truth, and uh, sorry if you don't like hearing it. I know I've seen on Twitter that people don't like hearing what I have to say. It's great. Bring it. Love to have conversations. Love to engage. Um, And, uh, you know, Bo will give you the wrong takes. I'll give you the hot ones, and we'll move on from there. (laughs) Coming up, uh, we've been talking about this for two podcasts, and we're finally going to get to it. Bo's got a list ESPN put out about, you know, it's a list, and the Arizona Cardinals aren't on it for once. And that is maybe a good thing. We'll talk about it next. Locked on Cardinals. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals, Friday edition. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. 
I miss not being able to say Fox Sports nine ten contingent. You know, I know. Yeah, for those that don't know, Bo's moved up to uh, the Pacific Northwest. His wife got got into a great school, Gonzaga University, um, to further her schooling to become an anesthesiologist. And uh, Bo went along for the ride. He's gonna hopefully, hopefully he'll link up with the iHeart affiliate in Spokane, and we'll be able to, you know, have some crosstalk that way when he gets supplanted there. But for now. He's a lumberjack, he's a bartender, he's a painter. So if anybody lives in the Spokane area and needs their house painted, don't call Bokes. He doesn't like painting. Wow, thank you so much for listing all those <laughs> credentials for me. I'm sure people now feel safe in that they've invested their time wisely listening to this guy talk about Arizona Cardinals football from as a lumberjack, uh, what was it, a whittler and a painter? <laughs> and he churns his own butter. Yeah, and he churns his own butter, unsalted butter. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so uh, ESPN put out a list of what is it—the best and worst off off seasons for all the thirty-two teams. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The uh, it, they just had like a panel of their experts debate the best and the worst teams after the twenty nineteen free agency and NFL draft, um, and yeah, it just kind of was. Going down, who who was the what was the most underrated move of the off season? Uh, what were some of the uh, what additions going to make the biggest impact? Um, which team declined the most? Which team improved the most? As far as the Cardinals are concerned, they they were kind of peppered in this list. Um, the key ones here, though, uh, were were they a team that was on the most improved list? We'll answer that. Were they on it? You know, I, I don't know. I think people can kind of jump to their own conclusions before we tell you if they were one of the most declining teams of the offseason. Um, and then when you look at the impact players or impact people that they brought in here, also the Cardinals kind of move in there as well. Uh, when we talk about underrated moves of the offseason, they had uh, one, of their, one of their analysts, their experts, uh, Mike Clay, uh, mentioned that the Cardinals' defensive additions uh, he thought that they were underrated moves as far as the additions of Terrell Suggs, Jordan Hicks, Darius Phylon, Robert Alford, and then they're going to throw in DJ Swearinger, who came over actually at the end of last year. And then you look at Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, and Deontay Thompson, guys that Alex is high on, especially Deontay Thompson coming from Alabama, that that's a talented group joining Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and Patrick Peterson when he returns from suspension. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because – the Arizona Cardinals, and again, we've talked about this, have never really been under this much spotlight. Uh, it, it, aside from, you know, the year after they made, and listen, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl year because they weren't in the spotlight. They've gone down as on some list as the worst team to ever make the Super Bowl. So we're not really looking at that with the Kurt Warner lightning in a bottle situation. The all or nothing year the year after they made the NFC Championship game, that year may have had this much spotlight close to it. But, Bo, have you seen anything like this, at least you know, in the, in the last decade or 15 years? No, it's, it's, it's tough to remember. I'd be hard-pressed to think of any team that had so much turnover and what they've done in the offseason and gone from just the, the bottom of the basement to as much in the spotlight as they've been. Um, some of the other things that uh, made this list, Mike Sando, the respected writer for ESPN, covers the NFC West, mentioned that Kyler Murray, he has him as one of the players that's expected to make the biggest impact. And you've talked about it so much this offseason about that 
that offense that was putrid in 2018 where they were worse than the 0-16 Lions. Um, he thinks that Kyler Murray and the young receivers that they brought in can take that you know 2018 worst offense and make it more viable, and I agree with that as well. Yeah, and I mean, what I meant by the just the media circus is this draft, it's not just because of Kyler Murray. And you went down the list of, of players that were brought in. This was a really good draft. Yeah. And, and, and with all the negativity that we've spewed, and listen, we want to be positive, man. Bo and I both want to be positive. We want something to be positive about. So take away, cut off the head of the snake here, and, make sure, and just pretend the snake's still alive. So take off Kyler Murray. The rest of the draft is an A draft. And maybe not for other teams, yeah. but for the for the people that the Cardinals needed to fill voids. And the first question is, well, where is the offensive line help? They got a couple late stabs in the, in the later rounds, and the best offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals will be Kyler Murray's feet. Just remember that when you look at Byron Murphy, arguably the best cornerback. Two of the, the best receiver by the numbers in college football last year in Andy Isabella. Hakeem Butler, 6'6", 225, outside receiver Iowa State. These guys are going to be impact guys right away. So the yeah. fact that they're not on this list, it surprises me, but I don't care. It's not a list you want to be yeah. on because there's actual expectations if you're on this list, in the top part at least. Right. So and they're exactly where they want to be. Yeah, I mean, I to an extent, um, when you look at the, they're away from the team that declined the most offseason, that belongs to, you know, the Dolphins of the world, maybe the Giants of the world. As far as where they, they don't show up there, but as far as they're not also showing up in the improved, uh, according to experts out there, that belongs to teams like the Raiders, the Colts, and the Lions. Even the Browns show up on this list a couple times along with the Bills. Uh, so the Cardinals aren't showing up on anybody's radar as far as improved, but I think that they're expecting there is going to be an improvement, but are they going to be in that top echelon of teams that are going to go from, you know, worst to first potentially? I don't think anybody's buying into that. I don't think you and I are buying into that. There are going to be some growing pains despite that great draft class, despite the, uh, the solid signings and free agency. There's still a long way to go, but it's going to be a better product, I think, in 2019 in 2018, that's for sure. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Please continue to reach out to us at Locked On AZ Cards. We love the fodder. We love talking Cardinals. We love hearing what you have to say. When it comes to Kyler Murray specifically, because we with the Patrick Peterson talk, we've kind of taken a vacation from Kyler Murray. Just a, at least, a, you know, a, a staycation, if I may. Watching Kyler Murray, hearing Kyler Murray talk, seeing the picture. Have you seen the picture with Michael Vick, Hollywood Brown, and Kyler Murray on social media, on Instagram? Yes. Kyler Murray looks bigger than Michael Vick. Yeah. Like thicker. Kind of a, yep, he's definitely bulked up this offseason. Also, what gets you exciting, I saw something too uh, yesterday where they were talking about arm strength, and they had. They they asked fans, I can't remember what publication it was, to pick the quarterback who you want to make the, the long throw with the most arm strength. And Kyler right. Murray was in the top five conversation. So he's going, I mean, we really, I don't know if it's maybe because we got Kyler Murray just talk out during the draft because there was so much 
ramping up to that, to him being selected, and we were talking about it on a daily basis. And now we're kind of taking a little bit of break before things really ramp up again in the preseason and training camp. But, man, I mean, it's we, it, once we kind of get into it and you start to see this guy play, I mean, lead athlete he is with that arm strength and that athleticism, I mean, that's really going to be something we're going to – maybe we're, we're going to talk about it on a daily basis. Yeah. We're just going to be wowed by it. Right, and, and and really, really quick, going back, I forgot I wanted to say something. Uh, what you just what you were talking about with, you know, worst to first, and it's something that not all teams have this kind of texture with, with how bad they were last year. This year, the wins almost don't matter, and, and what I mean by that is they were so bad offensively last year that the litmus test for improvement this year is going to be putting up points. Does that make sense? Having actual yeah. sustained drives, having the defense not being on the field in the you know being on the field in the top three of of most on the field defenses, for lack of a better phrase. What we saw week one, Bo, and we were in the press conference press box. This was my first game covering the Cardinals from the press box. They had the ball for seven minutes in the first half. Is that right? I know yeah, it was under brutal. ten. Against Washington, against against Alex Smith's first game as a Washington Redskin, Adrian Peterson's first first game right as a Washington Redskin, is that right? Right. And they just abused Chris Thompson. God, I remember Chris Thompson just marching down the field. They didn't. They weren't on the field for more than ten minutes out of thirty in the first half, and that was the setup for the rest of the season. That's all yeah. everybody needed to see, and that's with a quarterback change. So any any movement forward from that, getting fans cheering about touchdowns on offense, that will be the true test to see if this air raid offense, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray marriage, is going to work. And if they go one, if they if they win two games next year, but they average twenty three points a game, it's a win for the season, right? Right. If they're not losing forty five to ten, I think that that's you know that's that's improvement. That's improvement. I just don't know. I mean, obviously, if, if they're scoring twenty three points a game, they're not going to only win two games. Like I get it, but right. No, I and I agree with that. But that should be a goal for this team to sustain drives, stay on the field, and put up points. And you'll just kind of see the the results. The proof will be in the pudding, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and you know what? I'll be happy with. Uh, with what the Kansas City Chiefs had to deal with last year with offensive scoring too quickly, I'll take that too. It does, you know, sure. it just you know, I, I'm not picky at this point. Right. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Alex Lancy, Bo Brock, we will talk to you Monday. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more clarity with this Patrick Peterson thing. Probably won't. But uh, if we do, we will bring it to you, you know, without sugarcoating. You will not get diabetes from us with our takes, if that's... Is that a thing? I don't know. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. That's well said. Thank you, Bo. See you Monday.